Hey guys, welcome to Something Like Therapy. For today's episode, we are super excited for this one. Uh, it is a topic that we hold very close to our hearts. We are talking about our deconversion and everything that's come along with it. So please join us and hope you enjoy it. third episode. I can't believe we made it through the last two. We thank you guys for joining us. We are super excited to talk about a very um, sensitive topic for us, but I kind of feel like this is going to be a good way to kind of transition into many more topics that we want to talk about. Um, This particular topic for me is very very close to my heart and something I'm very passionate about. So, yeah, I remember, um, I mean, when we were talking about doing a podcast and stuff, this was like, uh, an area or a topic that we knew for sure we would be discussing because, um, it's important. It's like a huge, um, aspect and, and thing that's going on in our lives that has been going on and continues to go on. Um, so this, uh, this episode has definitely been circled in our calendar uh, as soon as we started making these uh, uh, topics uh, calendar. Definitely, definitely. It is something that I think is going to give us a freedom to talk about many more topics. And I kind of feel that if we didn't do this in our earlier episodes or podcast, um, it was going to cause a lot of hesitation and we weren't going to be able to speak freely, at least for myself. I wasn't going to be able to speak freely on a lot of things that I, you know, I believe in or my points of view. So this is why I kind of just want to get this one out of the way because it's, it's just, I kind of feel like it's the elephant in the room <laughs> with like a lot of different people that know us and, and see, have seen our journey, especially these last three years. Um, they see how much we've changed and, you know, the, the different ways we've, I guess, evolved. I don't know. Was that, would that be the word evolved? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. Um, I think any time that you uh, step back to kind of analyze or just inspect where you're at in life, what you've been doing, uh, how you've been thinking, um, and then making a conscious decision to go a different way uh, mm-hmm. based on what, you know, what you've come to find out, um, that's growth. You know, some people um, might not look at it like that. Uh, at least not with this this area or this topic. Um, they may say it's the opposite of growth. Um, it may Regressed. be like, yeah, regression. But um, yeah, and I mean, you can, obviously we, we've gone now, we haven't said what we're going to be talking about, but you kind of got it from the uh, title of today's episode. We're, you know, Jess and I are going to be discussing uh, our deconversion uh, journey that we've kind of been on, um, us kind of stepping back from, uh, Christianity, stepping back from religion. Um, and that's kind of where we wanted to go today and just sharing with you guys our experience over the last years of how we became involved with the church. Um, some of our, you know, our experience while we were there and the kind of uphill battle, I guess you can say of, of getting out, which we are continuing to go through. So that's what we wanted to share with you today. Yeah. So I want to start with, um, a little bit of my background and try to keep it as short as possible. But I was actually raised in a Catholic church, um, Catholic home. So I went through the whole thing, the baptism, the first communion, um, catechism. I think that's what it's called, right? Um, so I did the whole thing, mostly because of my grandma. That's, you know, she was the one that was is still very devout Catholic and she's 
big on traditions, which if you are, you know, anyone that's Catholic or if you're Catholic yourself, you know, they're big on tradition and a lot of ritualistic type of, you know, like ceremonies and and stuff like that. So I was raised Catholic uh, and at a very young age, my mom actually just didn't agree with a lot of their practices and started turning to Christianity. Um, so we, you know, I was very young. So of course I, I, you know, just not that I had a choice, but I went along with it. Um, and very, very soon after that, I, we started going to a very conservative church. Um, and it was a, uh, I can't even remember what it's called right now. Uh, but it was definitely conservative and they were very, very strict. So I was baptized very early and, you know, whatever kind of followed the rules um, because my mom, you know, she was trying to do <laughs> to her. She was teaching us what she thought was best for us. So uh, fast forward when I turned 18, got married, um, completely left the church, but that still stuck with me. Everything that I learned stuck with me for a very long time. Um, and then again, fast forward, um, met Derek and just a lot of things started to kind of change. Um, and this had more to do because of Derek's just his view on religion and yeah so go ahead um i mean with me it's the kind of the opposite there in, in the sense that you know jess grew up in a home uh you know a religious home uh and where my story is i i didn't have religion uh, at least the church in my home now i'm not going to say that my parents were atheists in any way um they grew up uh, you know, Catholic, we're, we're Mexican, so I think for the most part, 99.9% of Mexicans grew up, uh, you know, in, in being Catholic. Um, but they, you know, my family wasn't very religious in any way. Um, we, I would even say that my mom went as far as even, I remember as a young child kind of explaining to me how, you know, her view on religion is you don't, we don't go to church because it's church is not necessary. Um, going to a church is not necessary. Having a relationship with God is the most important thing, mm -hmm. which, you know, fast forwarding to now is like, I love my mom so much for installing that or instilling that in me because, uh, that's my belief now. Um, so yeah, we, I grew up in a home that didn't even have a Bible, never went to church. The only really, um, experience I had with church was with uh, like my uncle who was a pastor. Um, I used to visit my cousins, you know, every summer as a kid and would go up to their ranch and stay and uh, go to church every Sunday with them. Uh, my aunt and him and my uncle, you know, sang in the worship band. Um, he was the lead pastor, you know, all of that. So I, that was my only real kind of connection with, with church. And my mom, you know, she didn't say anything about me, you know, uh, doing that or, you know, there was no tension between her and my uncle in regards to, um, you know, making me go through that or, or um, I can't think of what is it. Exposing? <laughs> exposing, gosh, <Yeah. laughs> exposing that to me. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of just where I came from, um, you know, and, and growing up, you know, as a teenager and, and into my 20s, I kind of took that way of thinking like how my mom had where you know, any type of organized religion was almost bad because it's like it's taking away from what real connection with God is and the Bible, just, you know, a cool book, but not really uh, something to live your, you know, base your life on. So that was my, uh, you know, religious background. And then, you know, fast forwarding to meeting Jessica, um, our beginning years, we really weren't religious in any way um and you know we kind of just lived a normal I guess secular life as you can say yeah um and most definitely you know and it's funny because I I guess you can say we live you know of what people would consider a normal life with and um but for me it actually wasn't very normal I 
like I said, very young, it was, um, it was installed in me that I had to go to church and, you know, without church, you would eventually fall astray and eventually you would fall back into sin. Um, so all of that was like really deeply rooted in me and it was, it was really trying to make its way up. Um, I was actually shown the complete opposite that you needed church, you needed that structure, you needed that accountability, that discipline, um, knowing that you were going to be with like-minded individuals was only going to strengthen your faith. Um, and I actually, one thing I want to say, I really admired my mom because she left, she left um, the Catholic church to go into Christianity and we were actually the only Christian like the only Christian believers in our family, everybody else was Catholic. So I thought my, my mom was a total badass for like leaving and just saying like, I don't believe in that crap, whatever the hell you guys are doing and all that weird crap. Like I'm not doing that. I'm go. I'm, I'm finding, you know, God for myself, like whatever it is that I feel like who God really is, I'm going to go in and find him. And I really admired my mom. And I think that's something that without, I mean, now that I think back on it, I think that's something that really drew me to Christianity because it was different. And they were, even though um, Christianity seemed so much more demanding than, I, mean, I guess it depends. It depends because the, the Catholics that I was that I was exposed to weren't the most devout Catholics um, other than like my grandma you know and my and a couple of my aunts but they were still living the life they wanted to live and um, Christianity was just was to me what I saw was about true change like true true transformation and that really drew me to Christianity so and again seeing my mom take such a like leap of faith and just, go towards what she felt was right um really was you know to me I just I wanted to be that too so and I think too like and we've discussed this uh, before um you know when we did start you know getting into church um I think the one thing that I always at least recognize is that with like you mentioned with Catholics um you know the people think of like you know, devout Catholics, it's, it's very, very structured. Um, you have to get baptized at this age, you have to go to mm -hmm. um, catechism, you have to have your first communion, um, even just the every Sunday or, or the days they go to mass, um, very ritualistic, the priest comes out followed by the altar boys, the altar boys do the candles and, and all of that, they sing certain 20 um, Hail Marys. Yeah, <laughs> then, and then the prayer structure and all, all of it is very it's almost like the military of religion and mm -hmm. i remember a friend i had who uh her mom was very catholic uh i remember her saying that and i told you that before like oh oh christians are just the they're just weak catholics <laughs> it's like oh my gosh like you guys all you guys are all on the same team right it doesn't really seem like <laughs> it but um yeah so that that was one thing where you know when we did start getting into you know choosing a religion or uh, kind of going into Christianity where I was like, at least with Christianity, it's not so ritualistic and, and militarized. Like it's all, it's very welcoming. It's very, you know, hey, we're all here. We're all together, you know, love one another. And it's very accepting and kumbaya. And I think that's one of the things that draws, you know, drew us in and draws in a lot of people. So I think Christianity has mastered. And I say mastered because they know exactly what people need and what they they crave for and that is community relationship um they are great at creating these clubs or well ministries that's what it is mm -hmm. um ministries and so and they have a ministry for everything and and, and everyone i mean the church that the last church we were attending and that's the one that we attended the longest uh you know they had the marriage ministry they had the youth ministry they had empty the nesters empty nesters ministry. like the retirement people i mean they had everything everything that you can think of special needs ministry i don't know if i already said that but 
they had anything and everything that you feel like, oh, you know, if you're, if you're sitting down, you know, sitting at home one day and you're like, man, I wish I, I can find like-minded people that were going through what, that are going through what I'm going through, go and check out their list and you're going to find, you're going to find something. You're going to find something that you know is just exactly what you need, right? So. And if you try to explain that, and again, this, I'm not going to go into like, I'm, we're right and people are wrong, but I'm just saying that the thought in which, because I've encountered, uh, you know, people that we are and we're friends with, um, you know, having the same conversations, but it's like, if you try to explain that to someone that the church is a business and those people will understand that businesses like fast food and cars and whatever it is, um, they get, you know, they data mine and they get people's interests and likes from their phones and going on their computer and what they're searching and things. And then they will present to you offers of like, hey, you kind of were looking at this. Maybe you're interested in this here um, because they're trying to get to know someone so that they can offer them the right things. That's exactly what a church does because, you know, if you look at it like that, they're doing the same thing. But those people will look at it like, oh, yeah, I believe that those businesses do that stuff, but a church doesn't do that stuff because they would they would never just try to, like, you know, categorize someone and put them into, you know, present them with something that they know that they're going to want. I don't, I don't care how they say it or how they want to present it, but it's marketing. I mean, yeah. it it's really comes down to what does the consumer need? And how do we get that to them to, and how do we provide that for them? Because the whole goal is that they, it's kind of like Costco. <laughs> like you're, you go there because you're going to find everything you need, like from furniture to clothes to, you know, toilet paper to your groceries. I mean, your auto, like absolutely everything that you can possibly ever need at any stage or point of your life, you are going to find it at Costco. So mm-hmm. That's kind of what church wants to do, right? So, but I don't want to go straight into like bashing the church. I want to talk about what got us there. It finally brought us back to opening our hearts and having some faith in these groups of people that we met in the church and God. Um, And I'm just going to very, because I do want to talk about this topic uh, on uh, on another episode. I'm not going to go into details of what really led me to opening my heart up again to, you know, Christianity and church and whatnot. But so really quickly, I went through a really tough, tough uh, season in my life or phase in my life where I had a complete mental breakdown. There's no other way to put it. Um, was under a lot of stress. We, our kids were very young. Uh, we, they were just, had been diagnosed maybe a couple years before. Um, we were going through the teenage years with our oldest, which he was going through his own, you know, just his own stuff. And, uh, we just had a very rough season. So I had a mental breakdown pretty much. And I was desperate. I was desperate for relief. I was desperate for just hope. And I, I, I knew that I remember when my mom was going through a very tough, you know, season in her life, she ran to, to church and I said, okay, maybe that'll work for me. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe because I've turned away from it for so long. Like this is God calling me back to, to finally heal my heart, you know? Um, so it, it was really, a a desperate move. Um, and I, I'm not ashamed of that because I do feel that a lot of healing did happen, you know, while I was, while we were going through what we were going through, there was a lot of things that I learned about myself that I discovered about myself because I was in a vulnerable position and I, I allowed myself to be open, you know? So, um, I actually went first and then, um, um, eventually my husband followed (laughs) and that was pretty interesting because, um, because honestly, 
I knew it was completely foreign to him. I knew that he was not in any way comfortable with even talking about religion or God or anything like that. Um, yeah, d- definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, for sure. Um, I mean, I even, you know, growing up, it was like sort of how, how everyone looks at the Jehovah's Witness that come knocking on your door at 6 a.m. Um, I looked at anyone that was a part of any religion like that. Like, you know, I didn't go around making fun or criticizing or saying, you know, you're dumb. I just, if someone was like, yeah, I'm really big into the church or I was like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. Well, you know, whatever. Um, so like, yeah, anything that involved going to church, the Bible, religion, it just didn't interest me. Um, and you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I maybe did have a slight bias to be like, if someone was like, yeah, like I go to church, it's sort of like, okay, that's fine. But, oh man, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think you were one of them. Um, so yeah, when, when Jessica was having her, um, you know, kind of that, that dark time. Um, and she mentioned, she had brought up, uh, you know, church to me. I did the good husband thing of like, okay, that's, that's, if you want to do that, then you do that. And there was never a time where I was going to tell her, no, don't go do that. Where that's not what this marriage or this family is about. Like no matter what she's going to do, I'm going to support her. So um, but yeah, definitely her bringing that up was kind of like a, oh no, here we go type, <laughs> type time. And I remember the first time that I decided to actually, because this is how desperate I was. Um, my mental health was so bad and I was just like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if he doesn't go with me. I don't care if I have to go by myself. Like I didn't even take the kids with me, um, but I got ready and I just went and I was in such a place and point in my life where I needed to do anything, anything to get relief of what I was going through. Um, and I remember sitting at church and just like, you know, praying, you know, like God, just show my husband that, you know, I need him by my side and, and just thinking that this was just going to be such a big step for our family. And, where we were going to be, um, you know, in the years to come together and having all of us be there together. And, you know, I mean, I will say that it was a prayer that did happen, (laughs) that we did get to see. Um, And there were some beautiful, beautiful moments and times that I wouldn't change for the world that we experienced. But it also came with the price, you know, and there was a lot of things that happened in between all of those beautiful moments and that really kind of started to develop this cloud over Christianity and religion, organized religion, and these groups that were at one point so supportive now were demanding. So it changed. It took about, I want to say, about a year when we started to kind of see things start turning a little bit. And, um, but by that point we were pretty deep in to church and ministry. Um, I would say we were even like trying to recruit (laughs) some friends and we were, you know, well, yeah, I mean, we're, you're definitely, and that's just a whole, again, (laughs) a whole other topic where, uh, you're recruiting because that is a part of the religion. We are disciples. So you don't call it recruiting in church. You call it discipleship and yeah. making disciples. So, yeah, we were definitely, um, you know, kind of getting our footing at first, uh, figuring out uh, the dynamics of it in the sense of like who's who in the church and how you're supposed to kind of be and what you're supposed to kind of do and kind of the image, um, which anyone that's been to church or is, used to go to church knows that there is an image that you um, need to kind of have or that they try to promote. Um, and so, you know, again, that first year, you know, year and a half, that's kind of what we were doing. It's just really, like I said, understanding it all. And then little by little, more and more, um, just because of the personalities that Jess and I have, um, which was quickly identified by, you know, people in the church. Um, we began to, you know, d- dive a little bit deeper and get a little bit more 
uh, involved in certain ministries and kind of with, um, you know, I wouldn't say leadership. We, we weren't leaders. So we never really were leaders there, but just kind of under the eye of some of the pastors and, and things like that. So as, uh, as more time went on, we kind of just, uh, you know, got more and more deep into, uh, you know, starting that path toward, you know, toward leadership there. Um, well, actually we were, we, we did lead a couple of groups, um, cause we started a life group and that was, um, something that we led in our home. And then also we did try to, um, do it on the, the church campus, um, but there was just a lot of different things going on. So we weren't able to keep that, keep that up there, but we did actually lead, um, yeah. the, the life groups and that kind of started to show us a little bit what like church leadership really looked like and what all the, the, the boxes you needed to check off in yeah. order to, be considered to be a leader or even just someone that was um uh like someone that was someone in the church you know so if you were any type of influence in the church like you had to check a lot of boxes before you were considered at all which i understand because you are, people are looking, I wouldn't say looking up to you, but people are looking at you as a kind of like a, like a resource or like a source where, you know, this person, like, for example, we were leading the special needs, um, families group. So we were looked at as somebody that if we're struggling with our child or something's happening in our marriage, like anything that had to do with special needs, like people could reach out to us and we could offer some form of support or help. Um, and so I understand why they want you to have certain knowledge of scripture, um, you know, or whatever it is they feel that they, that you need to lead people. It's understandable why you need to to check those boxes. What I had a problem with was that even if you Let's say you check those boxes and now you have an idea that you want to share. Let's say something that is out of the box and you want to, you know, you know that this is helpful because obviously for us, we were, you know, we have, we have special needs kids and we have experience with certain, you know, situations or, or things that, that we've, we've gone through. And now we want to bring in our own little kind of, you know, our own little spice to it. Um, if it wasn't on their script, they wanted nothing to do with it. So now it was just very, very micromanaged. It was very almost scripted. Um, you actually were given this, uh, this like this handbook or this, you know, whatever script, I guess there's no other way to call it, but this is what you have to go off of. And this is a topic that the whole entire church, no matter what your life group was about, this is what you talked about. And it was mostly based on the, whatever that sermon was or whatever series that they were doing. So really, I thought it was funny because I thought, well, here's all these groups and they're all you know, for different, different points of your life or, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, like you get to kind of pick the group that you want to be part of, but yet they're all talking about the same thing. So then what's the freaking point? And it's the, and it's an extension of the sermon. So then what is the point? (laughs) You know, they're, they're not, they're, they're not really personalized for your particular group that you picked they were scripted. Yeah. Well, it's it's like we said. I think the whole concept behind these life groups or whatever you want to call them, little mini mini ministries, um, is exactly what we said. It's it's the church figuring out. Okay, how do we get people to get more involved? 
Um, how do we make it more welcoming for them? If we can make a group where now you're not, you're not just going to church, you're going to a group that specializes in special needs. Hey, I mm-hmm. have special needs children. You're going to a group of empty nesters. Hey, I'm an empty nester. I can relate to these people or whatever, whatever it is, young adults. Like you're going to a specialized group where now that draws them in more. And I don't say this because it's my opinion. Um, remember I told you, uh, I read on the, I always forget his name. The, the Harvest, the guy that does Harvest. Oh, man. The guy that started that whole thing. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Anyways, I read a thing on uh, you know on him in regards to how he got started and how he was a young you know uh, uh, pastor and trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do it. And then he moved over to, you know, from, I forgot where he's from, but anyways, he went to Orange County and he started that whole church, which is now one of the largest churches, I would say, probably in the world. I mean, definitely in the United States. Um, and Greg he, Laurie. Greg Laurie. There you yeah. go. Um, and he did it by literally coming up with the idea of life groups. Like, yeah. okay, how do we make it to where we need to not just make it so where people come to church and then they just have church on Sunday and then they leave church and then it, they're not involved in it anymore. We need to get them involved Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all about the church. We need to make more groups. We need to make these small groups so that people can now meet in homes and then discuss what we at the church want them to be discussing. Now, I totally get that. If you read the Bible in Acts, it talks about that's what true Christians did. You met in homes and you were about one another. And hey, that is great. But when you have something like a life group, like Jess said, it's like, no, no, meet separately, um, just in a small group. But here, here's the script that you guys talk about. Here's the, here's the discussion topics. Go off of what... Uh, pastor talked about on Sunday and kind of incorporate that into your group. So then we're not really discussing our small group. It's just meeting in a small group talking about what the pastor already exactly. discussed. So, um, and that- we were warned many times. We were like yeah. warned uh, because a particular pastor that overlooked all the life groups, he was on my ass. Like he was <laughs> on my ass. I don't know what his freaking problem was, but, but in a very he, passive aggressive oh way. Oh my god! You know, I'm I'm just gonna give a little freaking warning here. There's probably gonna be some some bad words dropped because it's just that's how I feel <laughs> about this particular individual. God bless him. But <laughs> uh, okay, so they were. You know what? One thing I noticed is that. It was all these groups were just like hook bait. It, it was just a way to like draw you in for you to feel comfortable, for you to feel understood. But very much these these people or this particular leader, um, and I mean now now that I like look at it and I I, I think back on it, it's like well it it might have been him, but it comes from the top. It comes from not even just the the main pastor in our church, which he was kind of like a top dog in all of the um, the first assemblies, you know, like whole freaking whatever the hell it's called. I don't know what they consider themselves a organization or I don't know. Anyways, um, it comes from whoever creates this curriculum. Or whoever creates this, you know, just schedule and programming. Like, that's where it comes from. Um, so, I I look at it now and I think, like, man, it was, such a, it was such a great way to get people in. But making sure that they stay on. Like, they stay, they stay in line. They, they do not, you know, go astray in any way from what you are being taught. And honestly, the program they, they've created to program you, you know, and we started to little by little see that. And exactly like you said, the more they got you into church, the more that you were going to get used to that type of movement and flow and just how their organization worked, you know. And the more, and I remember thinking when we first went and, you know, the first thing that we attended was a marriage ministry and we were just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And we learned, I, I will say though, we learned a lot about relationships and we learned a lot about marriage. And for that, like, I will always hold that close to my heart, but I also know that there was a lot of shutting women down. 
Um, you know, or it was a lot of like teaching you to be submissive and teaching you that you needed to be a good wife and just listen to your husband and support your husband. And yeah, of course they taught about women, you know, the, the women also, men also being supportive to the wife, but it was very much about, uh, women submitting. And because there was a lot of strong-minded women there, um, I could tell they really, really pushed that. So, well, yeah, and, just really quick, you know, they go into roles, how, yeah. you know, God has designed, uh, you know, he made a man for a certain reason. He made a woman for a certain reason. Uh, men have their, their roles, their responsibilities, just like women have them. We coexist by, you know, working with each other. However, women should not be doing man roles and men should not be doing women roles and, and mm-hmm. responsibilities. So it's... I, I, I mean when you're there and you're hearing it it begins to like make sense and like if you follow how god you know intended it to work that's when you have harmony and that's when things work great and you kind of begin to soak that up but then when you just like press pause really quick and step back you're kind of like wait wait so what are what am i what am i learning what am i <laughs> believing in here so um, it happens very slowly though that yeah it exactly it's super it, it, slow i think the best brainwashing and i know that's a taboo word to use but it is what it is um the best brainwashing is little by little you don't just mm-hmm. right away go and you know i mean even when it's someone like um when you talk about people that groom you know people like you know pedophiles that groom young kids yeah. and in no way am i comparing the church to pedophiles but i'm just saying like when people groom younger kids they don't just right away say like i'm this and you listen to me like they know they befriend them they get they get gain their trust they get on their side they want to make them feel comfortable and then they little by little start dropping like yeah but if you do this or you believe this and you say this and then it becomes like it makes the person feel like they're making the decision. They're making the choice. Yeah. But really, that seed has already been planted. And, you know, maybe... I will say, though, in the beginning, though, you are a very willing participant. Because for yeah. me, I mean, at least I'll speak for myself, I was desperate for help and guidance. But who do they kind of prey on? Right. And, <laughs> and no, and, and yeah, that, and I, that's what I was going to say. Well, that even though... I was a willing participant in the beginning. They, when we, when my husband and I walked in there, immediately the marriage, um, the marriage ministry pastors were drawn to us. And maybe they saw the yes on our big freaking forehead. I don't freaking know, but they saw we were yes people and that we, I, I don't know. I think it was maybe the desperation in us, or at least for me. Um, that I was just like, I'll listen to anything and everything that you have to say. Um, but I do agree. I agree that it had a lot to do with them knowing exactly the type of people that walk in into their church on the, you know, on the weekly basis and know that most likely what brings them there is their vulnerability and, probably some form of brokenness, whether it could be addiction, whether it's loss, um, you know, divorce, whatever. It's usually something not good that brings you to a church door. (laughs) So they are very much aware of that. So, but. And definitely like a really quick, uh, you know, like, like Jess said, like she, she was in a bad place and that's kind of what got her to go. Um, I'll even, you know, it wasn't just her, like uh, she did mention our, our son at that time. Um, was 14, 15. Yeah, he was about 14. He was in in high school, so yeah, 14, 15. But uh, that's when he kind of started his uphill battle through his teenage years. Um, And, you know, there was us being a blended family, which, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned that's something we do want to talk about. There was a lot of ups and downs with Mines and his relationship. There was ups and downs with Mines and Jessica's relationship in the beginning. Um, So at that time, it was just like, not only was she kind of going through a dark phase, but we had kind of been in a hole where we knew our family needed a shakeup. We knew we needed something. Um, and that's kind of what led me to begin going with Jess, um, you, you know, knowing that like, hey, I, I want to be there for my wife, but deep in my heart, I know I need something. I'm still, I'm searching for something. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people, you know, and that's a lot of people, how they end up on the church's doorstep is like, 
who am I? What have I done with my life? Um, or, you know, look at all the things I've done. I need to really just start new, start afresh. Who, who can offer me that? And then when they look up, it's the, the big, huge hand of the church saying, follow me. I have the answers. You know, God will forgive. Um, uh, and, and that's kind of like I mentioned, uh, it's a really harsh way to say it, but that's kind of who the church preys on because there's a lot of people in need. There's, I mean, how many people are out there struggling for identity? Who am I? You know, what does it all mean? Um, and that's who the church really looks for. And like just said, uh, you know, pastors and, and people in church were drawn to us when we went there because one, I think that's just our personality. At least I'm going to speak for myself and say, I'm, I'm a yes person and I'm a, I want to please. I will always want to please. So I, I will tell you what you want to hear. I will do what you want me to do. And I will agree with you um, because I want to. I want to please. So that's the exact kind of couple or, or you know people that a church is looking for because then they can use you to kind of you know get other people to come in and, and be the talkative person. So um, and I do want to say like before we continue on with you know some of the stuff that we begin to notice um, is that you know we did need the help and the church did give us the help. So I, I'll mm-hmm. never take that away from them. Like just okay. mentioned, like I have a lot of, um, you know, very, very good memories of, especially, you know, we're of the marriage ministry of learning a lot of things, learning just my relationship with, with Jess, uh, relationship with my, my sons, uh, being a man, being a father, a lot of that came from the marriage ministry. And I'll always, you know, uh, hold that close to my heart. Um, so the church doesn't lie in the sense they will give you that, but they're, what they ultimately are giving you is, is something to hang on to something to it's just enough yeah it it gives you it gives you purpose it gives you meaning and that's kind of what we're searching for but what people fail to recognize and see is that the meaning and purpose that they're giving you isn't the the whole thing it's it's their meaning it's their purpose if someone gives you something that belongs to them it still belongs to them and it's what they created and it's what they you know are telling you is right it doesn't mean it is what it is and it's the ultimate thing but people are so desperate and so needy that they will cling on to anything. Um, so, you know, like I said, what the church was, it did help us. Um, but, you know, throughout the the years that we were there, kind of seeing how things go, we realized it wasn't the end-all be-all of what your life should be. Yeah. And like I said, um, they give you just enough to keep you kind of coming back, you know, and they create almost kind of like this little mystery for it's like watching a movie and and it just the ending is just a big like cliffhanger and you're just like oh man like what happened you know like i i want to know what happens and that's kind of what they do you know they keep you coming back and um well it's like we always say that their biggest thing is you know and it's it's they they disguise it behind honoring and worshiping god you know you have the he before i sticker bumper stickers on so many cars um it's like worship and honor something but you are nothing i mean there literally is i don't know what what's what is it 330 i forgot which one where it's like Um, he must be greater before i must i must be less so that he can become greater greater. which is like okay there's one thing to worship god but there's another thing uh to just make yourself feel like you're the lowest of the low and and what do they kind of drill you with you are born into sin you are not worthy but yet he still loves you you're not worthy you're nothing you're garbage you're sinner so it's like they keep it's almost like being in a battered you know relationship where it's just like you know you're like just talk down to someone but don't worry i'm here like i'm gonna hit you and i'm gonna speak bad to you but then I'll still love you and I'll still hug you. So we're, we're still in love. And it's like that. I, I just truly don't believe that is the relationship that the God of the universe wants us to have with him. Right. Um, and I know this is, this is going to sound like in, we're going to be insulting Christians or anyone that has these, you know, beliefs or, or whatnot. Um, that is not our intention. This is solely our, own personal experience and the things that we began to notice and the things that just didn't fit with us. Um, But by no means do we think that every single Christian is exactly the same. Uh, We experienced a lot of good, amazing people and some people I'm still very much friends with. 
And I believe that in their heart, you know, that they, this is truly what they believe because it's really helped them in their life. And I am no one to say that that's not true. We are no one to say that their experiences are not real. I had a lot of crazy experiences while we were in church and they were very real to me. Um, They still are. So, but I do want to say that what we began to see, and I think it's a good point to kind of transition to that is um, after being there for about a year, we were very deep in church and we began to more and more be involved in uh, the church, the ministries. We, uh, I think that's when we started school and ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you started to attend Vanguard, I believe. Yeah, it was, was a little, a little, a little after, after, right? After, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but there were some things that we started to notice. We started to notice about the leadership. We started to notice about the church and the church members and how they just were able to make you feel like if you didn't weren't a um somebody that participated in the church and you you were just a bench filler um then you're not really walking your full potential as a believer as a christian so we just went in hard like we went in hard into ministry we and I, one of the things that we noticed immediately was because we we have two special needs boys and the special needs ministry wasn't very consistent. Um, that right there is a whole topic within itself. But for some reason, the church just didn't think it was, uh, it was something, the special needs ministry just wasn't that important. So sometimes it was open, sometimes it wasn't. So we started to actually leave our kids behind. And we were just going to church on our own. Um, we, you know, because they were special needs, we couldn't really take them into the, you know, the main church because it was a lot for them. And um, it was kind of distracting for other people because our kids have a lot of stemming issues. And so we just began to leave our kids behind. And we would drop off the kids and my mom's. And then we would go to church for about three and a half hours uh, every Sunday. And then on Wednesdays. Um, and then maybe even sometimes like, uh, during the week for me was like Bible study. So more and more, we started to leave our kids behind. And for some reason, just the church thought that was, that was okay. And we were just so dedicated and, and we were doing everything we needed to do regardless of what it was costing us and the time that it was costing us and the time with our kids that it was costing us. And they didn't seem to think that something was wrong with that. Um, They thought that we were just so, we were real. I remember, you know, these two so-called friends, we really don't even talk to them anymore, but they were like, oh, we know that you guys are the real deal. We knew that from the moment we saw you. And I think back now and I'm like, man, that's, you know, what? I I don't know. I, I don't think they meant it in that way. Maybe that's just me easily offended but (laughs) um it was just almost kind of like a laugh in our face like oh yeah you guys are gonna fall for this shit and you're gonna take it and you're gonna just soak in it (laughs) we did we really really did um so more and more we were leaving what really mattered the most to us behind and that's something that till this day I still struggle with because I feel um just a huge amount of guilt because I knew that that's something we should have never compromised. We should have never said yes to this, these people that are nowhere to be seen now. Um, and you know, us just sacrificing such vital years of our, our boys lives, um, just for acceptance, like simply just feeling accepted. And that's when I started to kind of see that this isn't right. Um, and that led us to eventually, little by little, start to kind of pull away, but still very much stay rooted in Christianity. Like we were like, we're gonna take like the bull by the horns and we're gonna we're gonna do everything from our home, from our space. Um and we don't care. We don't care what it cost us, you know, so. Yeah, and, and 
you know, one of the other things that we just noticed that always really didn't sit right was just how much, even though they don't want to say it, but there is a, um, a hierarchy, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and again, it's whenever anything's organized, so any type of organized religion, you're going to have a hierarchy, even if you try to say you're not or you don't have that. And, you know, you can quickly uh, identify that by going to any church. Who are the people, who, who are the top dogs here? Who are who are the important people? You have the, mm-hmm. the, the head pastor, then you have the other pastors of the different ministries. Those are the people. And then you have your leadership council and you have your elders and all of this. Those are the people you want to be like. See, see how they are? See how they're dressed? See how they're talking? See how they come you know throughout the week you see how they interact with people you see how they do all this stuff that's what you should be striving to be like they don't necessarily say that but you can just talk to any of the couples and people there and the ones that are you know in that kind of mindset you can even hear how they like talk about those people and like oh well did you hear that they did this and do you see that they do that and again it's all about this image and then you begin to find like you know, you you fail to remember uh, or, or realize, like, they're, they're just people. How Jess always tells me, since I'm so infatuated with, like, movie stars and stuff, <laughs> I, I like hearing the behind the scenes of how they became movie stars and all that stuff. And she's like, you know, they're just people, right? They, they just, you know, eat and shit and, mm-hmm. and whatever, just like us, right? But I'm just like, yeah, but they're just so cool. They're just movie stars. You know, that's kind of how people are when in a church where they're like, oh, but the pastor, and did you see the pastor did this and, and did that? And it even got, you know, like it became really apparent to us when, you know, we went into church and, you know, we had friends there that weren't pastors and they were just like, hey, what's up, man? But then when they become pastors, it's like, oh, well, you can't just like, hey, what's up me now? It's like, it's kind of a pastor. Just you address me yeah. as pastor. When we're here on it's... campus, you have to address me in this way because we don't want to make it seem weird. You're, you're making it seem weird by doing that. And it's like. <laughs> You know, so, so you, you have that and that's kind of the dynamic of it where it just didn't sit right. Where why are these people on a on a pedestal? Like, why are mm-hmm. why are they? Well, I guess you're not a pedestal at a podium, you know, like why did they hold a little bit higher rank? And you can see how if one of these, you know, pastors walk by, like everyone sits straight. It's like we're in school or something like you're just you're just a person, you know, like and even like they say the Bible says like, well, people are some people are chosen by God to be pastors and some people are chosen to to just keep the books. And it's like, wow, that sucks. If you're just chosen to keep the books, you never get to be the cool guy on the podium. So (laughs) it's like, you know, a lot of these things where they have a structure and they, you know, I just said they mastered a way to kind of like get people to do what they want them to do and to run it like a business. I mean, so it, it was a lot of those things that really just kind of took us away from like, but like Jess said, we we thought we had the answer like, okay, well, we know church is bad. So let's get out of the four walls and we'll do it in, in the home or we'll find something that's not so, um, you know, structured like a, a church and, and, you know, we'll, we'll find some another way to honor and worship and serve God, but do it in a different setting. And that, that should be the answer. But ultimately it kind of wasn't. So, (laughs) um, it most definitely wasn't. Uh, and I just want to real quick say, I think we're going to kind of be start wrapping it up here, but, uh, and the next one will definitely be our journey through, uh, home church and how that looks and, and what we saw, what we saw differently and what we saw very much the same. Uh, but I just want to say that our transition out of a church into a home church was probably one of the most heartbreaking experiences that I've ever gone through. Um, the way that we were made, this was, uh, this was already about maybe about year three into church when we finally decided um yeah a little over three years i want to say we were getting close to to four years um it was one of the most heartbreaking experiences i I, it took me a very long time to heal from from that that heartbreak and i still have moments where i you know want to break down crying because i feel that we lost we didn't just lose church. I mean, we lost so many people. We lost so much family. Uh, what we thought was family. Uh, we were made feel as if we were a threat. 
we were told that we needed to delete everyone that we ever knew from the church, from the congregation, because now we were a bad influence. Um, we were told that we never really heard from God, uh, that if we were in any way, if it was our time to be released into something new, a new venture, then they would have been told before we would have been told. This is the extent of the manipulation. This is the extent of the control. And the, well, the frustrating part of this is that when I, there was, to, there was a few friends that I told that this is what we experienced and we were simply told to get over it. We were simply told, well, they're just people and they're just humans. And, but there is a responsibility that the church holds. There is a responsibility that the leaders hold that if you are, if truly what you believe that you are truly a shepherd and you're truly someone that is meant to lead these people, you hold a responsibility over these people and if they those people decide to leave i think that it the, the most the most decent thing that they can do is release them and bless them and say like i wish you the best but that it was the complete opposite we were almost kind of we were shunned we were shamed um almost kind of cursed <laughs> like you know, and I even the lead pastor, even though he said it in a very nice way, but he 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 looked at me and he grinned. He's like, you'll be back. And we were we did come back at some point, you know. Um, so he wasn't wrong. He knew exactly what he was saying. But I just want to say that anyone that has ever gone through something like that, uh, you know, I know our experience. Uh, we didn't go too much into the, the things that, you know, that we saw just because I, I feel like it's not really necessary because I think a lot of people know, you know, you see the abuse, you see the um, the different things. There's a couple of things that I will be talking about on the next on the next episode because they're very serious and I don't think that we, we should leave them out. Um, but there's a lot of other things that are petty, but they still hurt. So uh, with all that said, if anyone has experienced any type of pain and abuse or mistreatment, I I recommend getting some professional help because these are things you don't just get over. It, it, you don't just get over it. You don't just brush it off. It's painful. You lose a lot when you when you step away from church, um, when you step away from someone that you thought was going to be there your entire life and now all of a sudden they're just gone and um unless you are willing to submit to what they believe and what what they think is right um then they really don't want having anything to do with you so i hope that you know if anyone has gone through this that you have some form of support because it is a very very hard thing to experience and to go through on your own it's I'm I'm glad that I you know have my husband and I have you that was able to walk that with me um but I I don't wish that on anyone you know for sure yeah and um just really quick before we do it like Jess was kind of saying there we um we know that this isn't an, an easy conversation it isn't an easy topic um you know we like I said, we did have this circled, this topic circled on our calendar to do these episodes, but we go into it knowing that, um, you know, it's going to be hard for family and friends, um, you know, to hear us talk about this. I mean, they kind of already know where we're coming from, um, where, you know, we, our intention isn't to bash anyone. Our intention isn't to say we're right, you're wrong. Our intention is just to share our experience to maybe mm -hmm. shed some light for our family and friends that maybe are in disagreement with our decisions to kind of show them and let them know where we're coming from and maybe hope, you know, help it to, or hope that it leads to a place of healing, um, of relationships. But, um, you know, it's, it, it is, it is hard. And, and I'm sure the next episode and some of the other discussions and topics we have there, um, will be even harder, but it is something that we know we need to talk about. And like Jess said, for anyone that is going through it or has gone through it, you know, um, and, and if you don't, then you do truly need to seek, um, you know, some sort of help, some sort of therapy with it. Uh, find groups of people that have gone through the same thing, that have had the same kind of hurts and pains, 
um, so that you can relate and kind of heal together. But um, having said that, we want to thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, this was kind of an extra, a little bit longer episode than usual, but it's just that we have a lot to talk about in this topic, and uh, we hope to discuss more uh, on the next episode. So yeah. until then, we hope you guys have an amazing day, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>